On this episode of Bantha Milk Podcast, the axe forgets, but the tree does not play. Intro music. What? He's no good to me, Dad. Intro music. Intro music. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession, so... That it is. That it is. Wait, you don't sound like yourself, Nicholas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm... I'm Nick Nick DS. Nick DS. <laughs> Instead of RGH or NDS right now. This is crazy. <laughs> Nicholas is drastically different. His beard grew out a lot. He's wearing a Flyers Flyers esque jersey, but it actually says Starfighter, right? Starfighter cores yeah. on it. Yes. That's awesome. It's got an X Wing fighter on it. But it looks hey Tim, I'm from the Philly area, yo. It looks like a Flyers jersey. <laughs> I know you're from from the Rado, as uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> there. I don't know if you watch Big Brother. Before we get into that, Ryan Gilbert Harden is joining us all the way from the Ears Up family. He's a big fan of the Ears Up Network. My co-host Nicholas DeSalvio is not here. His wife just delivered a baby. Woo. What's the opposite of manana? Yesterday, I don't know how to say that in Spanish. Uh, but yesterday, she delivered a baby at 11.55 p.m. And they have a beautiful baby girl. And Ryan cheered for them. Yay! Ryan mostly cheered because now he gets to be on the show while Nick does all these brand new dad duty stuff. Um, so Nicholas, uh, Pagan and their baby, I forget what her name is, Stella, Ella, Estelle, um, something or other. (laughs) She, um, is a beautiful baby by five minutes still listed as a preemie because she was born early. Um, but if she was born instead of at 1155 PM, if she was born at 1201, she was within the non-premie window, but she, I don't know what it is, two weeks before your due date or something like that. Um, Sounds right. Yeah, but she's, she was six pounds. So for a preemie, six pounds. My daughter was not a preemie, and she wasn't even six pounds. So uh, so there we go. So <laughs> congratulations to Nick Pagan and their newest little Padawan. Uh, but because of that, Ryan is here. Hello, Ryan. Hey, hey, how's it going? Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. I, I sent out a desperate message to uh, my Ears Up friends, and Ryan jumped on it and said, I'll be on the show. Let's do it. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> you may know Ryan. Ryan is famous if you're in the Colorado area. Um, speaking of Colorado, when I said Rado, did you ever watch Big Brother, the TV show Big Brother? I think it was Big Brother. Yeah. Uh, I did not, no. Okay, so... <laughs> One of the seasons, many seasons ago, my friends and I continuously make fun of this because um, the first day, like when everybody walks in, then they're all introducing themselves and there's a big like powwow and whatever. And the one girl says, I'm whatever, Sally from Colorado. And this other kid goes, oh, I have lots of friends from Rado. And (laughs) then they go to the cut scene where it's like the the, uh, single person in the diary room talking. And she goes, I've never heard it called Rado before in my life. So uh, ever since then, it's been a huge joke for us that uh, we loved Rado. Rado was one of our favorite vacations that we went on. We went uh, near Denver area. Um, I don't know how close you are to the Denver area, um, but uh, you are. You do live in Colorado, correct? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're giving I, me this I, look I, like, mm, no, you're good. You're I'm going to let you go with this, but I actually live in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> no, I live, uh, I live just North of Denver, okay. about 40 minutes North of Denver. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we went, uh, we flew into Denver. We went and saw a Rockies game. Uh, we sat in, well, our seats were lower level, but we went up to the mile high seats. So I sat in the purple seats. Um, and made sure I took a picture up there and, uh, we went a lot of places all around there. I forget our favorite brewery was Tommy knockers. Um, okay. it's a small little brewery. I forget what town it's in offhand, but it's near, near Denver. Yeah. Um, it's up in Idaho Springs. That's yes. Like a, Idaho that's Springs. a frequent stop for me when we're heading camping. Cause it's, okay. it's just, cause it's just off I 70. So when you're going into the mountains, it's kind of right there. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely a frequent stop. I used to really like their root beer when I was a kid as well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I actually got a uh, bobblehead from there because I have a large collection of bobbleheads and I wanted to get the Tommy knocker bobblehead just because we really liked the beer a lot. And, uh, the guy, we asked for a tour and the guy was really cool. He gave us a, a cool tour of the place and, and, uh, uh, really liked the little town. The town was, was a neat Still reminiscent of a uh, mining town, at least that main street that um, that Tommy Knockers, Knockers is on. So it was really, really cool. And, you know, where you live is so gorgeous. Uh, the mountains are so much bigger than they are over here on the on the uh, East Coast. And <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, the only thing we always say is we love it. We would love to live there. But the winters. Yeah. Yeah. The winters will get you. That's uh, it gets bitter cold and snowy <laughs> yeah yeah so uh that's not that I, see and that's funny because i always say around here i don't mind if it's cold as long as there's snow because it's yeah. a reason to be cold <laughs> like if it's cold and snowy i'm okay with it because all right but when it's just like bitter cold like we get you know below freezing a lot um in january february but when there's no snow on the ground, I'm like, this is just a waste. Like, it's so cold. We should have snow. But there's none. But whatever. You guys- yeah. that's I've always joked with my wife because so she's she's been in Colorado five years now. Um, I've been here my whole life. Okay. Uh, I grew up here. Um, and she always – so for the first few years, like when we were dating, first couple years, she was looking forward to the first snow. Oh, it's snowing. Yay, it's snowing. <laughs> and – and I watched as that that joy slowly dies because you look forward to that first snow, but then by about the fourth or fifth snow, uh-huh. or especially by the end of winter slash end of spring when it actually stops being snowy around here, uh, it's just gray yes. mush uh-huh. and it's just gross and it makes all your clothes wet and you're like, yeah, you don't. You like the first snow. That's right. about the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But after that, when everything is just gray mush, then it's not fun anymore. That's the same yep. thing. I mean, ours goes from pretty snow to gray mush within a day, and then nothing, and then just all dead trees, and then we'll have another snow, and it's pretty for, for 12 hours until everything just turns to gray <laughs> mush again. So at least you get the white for a little bit longer than we do. There but you go. But enough about that. Um I do have a couple of news articles for us. Um, cool. So where is... Do you mind if I crack my Bantha milk? Oh, yes. Quick? I forgot all about that. Yes. <laughs> Look at that. See, I'm so out of sync because I don't have uh, Dr. Nick here helping me out. What are you oh, Bantha milk drinking there, sir? I am drinking 
Smoke and Peaches. Uh, it is a German-style smoked lager with smoked malt and smoked peaches uh, from Weldworks, which is a local brewery. Uh, they're actually over in Greeley. Okay. Uh, they're kind of known for their fruit beers and then also really weird IPAs. Very so. nice. Very nice. I don't know if I'm going to be as excited because... I quickly uh, grabbed the first thing that I found, which I think has been sitting in my refrigerator for way longer than it should have been. But I have a summer session, and I apologize to Peak Organic Brewing Company now if I don't like it. It's not your fault. It's mine. It's been here for probably too long. Uh, A summertime IPA, summer session, summertime IPA from Peak uh, Organic Brewing Company. So that's very excited that that's an organic beer also. Oh, it still has a little pop to it. There you go. So it can't be that bad. So there we go. Thank you, RGH. for. I'm looking at it the whole time, and I'm like, <laughs> whatever. So it's actually not that bad, considering nice. I don't know how long it's been sitting around. It's actually very nice because it's a summer IPA, so it's a little bit lighter. But still, you got a lot of lot of IPA. You get a lot of the, uh, the hops taste in there. So I actually... I don't mind it. And if it's not supposed to taste this way, it tastes really good old. So there we go. <laughs> aged, <laughs> aged. 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 Yes, it's been aged. Um, <laughs> so awesome. So there we go. Cheers. Um, cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers. Uh, for all of you fans out there listening, uh, we had a guest on. Our very first guest, actually, was a young fellow named Johnny Jalopy. He was a car or is a car cartoonist. Um, if you are in the custom car world and know anything about custom cars, you probably heard of this guy before because he's been on television. He's been on, um, this uh, show called full custom garage with Ian Roussel and Ian Roussel is an amazing car customizer, but Johnny Jalopy drew this car years and years ago called the Johnny five Ian Roussel. Somebody asked him to build him the actual car of this cartoon drawing. Ian Roussel reached out to him. Long story short, he was on TV. Then he did it. He drew, Ian made this amazing car out of this cartoon drawing. Then he invited him back to do a, a car they called the Space Junkie. When he was on for that, Johnny Jalopy was wearing a Star Wars shirt. I was like, yo, I got to get this guy on our show. So he came on our show, been following his uh, live stream on Facebook. Every Monday night he does um, Sketchy Live, it's called, where he draws... Uh, a different car each week, and it's fun. He and his wife banter back and forth, kind of like what Ryan and I are going to be doing tonight uh, nice. as he's drawing. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. They're great people. They're very nice. She reads all the comments, and uh, it's almost like Anchorman, um, <laughs> where he just reads whatever's on the teleprompter. So if you if you wanted to get her to say weird things, just type weird things in. And, and then she goes, I don't understand. What does this mean? And then Johnny like chuckles a little bit because we make her say dumb things sometimes. Um <laughs> So, uh, but they're awesome. But he started to get into drawing caricatures, which is very hard to spell, by the way. I ain't, I ain't too good at spelling. And every time it just comes out the word char- character. Character, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I can never get the caricatures in there. Um, so, but he's starting to do that. So I asked him if he would draw one of Nick and I, and he did. It's on our Facebook page. I just Instagrammed it out about this show. Um, it's really funny. It's really cute. I'm very, uh, very excited to have a Johnny Jalopy caricature of us. So sorry, Ryan, you're not in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dang, too late. Just too late. one little bit too late. <laughs> one day too late. Um, 
But definitely check out Johnny Jalopy. Check out his Facebook page. Check out he sells all of his pictures that he draws. I'm actually going to buy. He drew two of them over the years of Star Wars characters. One Darth Vader. One of, I want to say a Yoda car. I remember the one oh, is definitely cool. a Darth Vader car, and I, uh, I want to say Yoda. It's either Yoda or like Luke Skywalker or something like that. I, I, am. I apologize for forgetting <laughs> what the other one is, but uh, he sells all of his all of his drawings for like twenty bucks. He has like hats and shirts and all kinds of stuff. So go support Johnny Jalopy because he drew a caricature of me for free. Uh, so I want to definitely plug away there because he is totally awesome. So that is uh, just a little personal news. And now let's hit the Star Wars news. Star Wars news. All right. So Ryan's fitting right in. When when we play music, he's dancing right along the way Nick and I normally do. So this is awesome. It's okay. Uh, Usually I'm doing that on my own, just like sitting in my son's nursery like holding him and listening to the show so i kind of dance dance along yeah and he loves it too so which is awesome exactly that is yeah so i have two little news articles real fast um one of which is about i don't know if you ever heard of this place called uh disney world or disneyland uh ryan Uh, maybe i know a little bit a little bit about it yeah (laughs) so if you listen to ears up podcast or uh the supreme resort or Scraping the Vault, or Ears Up in Depth. They all talk about Star Wars stuff. Um, Star Wars just released Boba Fett headband ears. So you get your Mickey ears. Yeah, and now they finally have Boba Fett ones. They're neat looking. I like it. The I want to say the left ear is kind of like a side view of the visor. The top of the helmet and then the the little orange um, marks above his visor. So it looks like kind of like the visor's looking towards your head. Then the right ear is a green ear with the uh, eyepiece that goes down, the viewfinder that goes down, um, sticking out of it. Um, let me see. I will actually present this to Ryan and uh, if we can, if I show this. Uh, let's see. Did that work? Nope. Oh, I have to do this. Uh, this is what I have to do. Here we go. Now, bam, you should see it now. Yes, Ryan. Okay. There it is. So it looks like this for those of you watching on YouTube, not live because I couldn't get that done quick enough, but, uh, we will post this up onto the Ube of tubes. And, uh, so there it is. There's the Disney parks, um, Boba Fett ears. Um, it's neat. Here's my question to you, uh, Ryan, who is this too? Like, is there like as a as a guy, I would wear this with a hat, but I wouldn't wear. I don't see many guys walking around the park with the regular ear headbands. Yeah. Um. And I know. I mean, I'm not going to say that girls aren't a fan of Boba Fett, but I don't know how many girls would wear Boba Fett if, unless they had like Ahsoka or something like that instead. Um, but, uh, I wonder how many girls are going to be walking around wearing a Boba Fett Mickey ears is my question to you. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. So obviously it doesn't have the bow, which traditionally mm-hmm. the ones that are more marketed in like a more feminine way are the, they have the bow. They're the mini ears. Right. Whereas like this, this doesn't have that. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, I, I feel like it's, it's aimed at the collectors, which actually I have a wall. Okay. Uh, behind me that you can't see, but uh, where 
I 3D printed mounts because my wife has a bunch of the years, including one set that's Ewok uh, Very nice. themed. Um, and so I feel like that's that's what these are designed to. They're not you're not going to wear them around the park. You're going to buy them. You're going to take them home. You're going to stick them on a shelf, and that's it. Okay, I like it. And uh, by the way, I'll send you the files for the uh, Bantha Milk ears that nice. I made. Uh, I made some Bantha Milk ears that I wore when we went to the parks over the summer. Um, so you have to make sure you add them to. They're definitely one-offs. I mean, very few people have those. It would be just me and you at this point. There we so go. You ultra could, collectors. Ultra collectors. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of ultra collectors, not in a Disney World uh, sense, but <laughs> my friend sent me a text. Um, for anybody who watches baseball or anything, there's some guy named uh, Judge. Uh, I think it's like a <laughs> Aaron Judge or something like that. But he he apparently hit a lot of home runs this year. Just a few. Uh, just a few. I know it was more than 10 and less than 100, but it was definitely a record-breaking amount of home runs this year. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, finally actually say that. Yes. Finally, he finally broke the record. So it is It is. It is uh, good. So I'm very proud of him. And, uh, I mean, and it's also amazing because it's not in the uh, steroid era. So the fact that we got through that and somebody can still hit as many home runs as as the, the two guys who uh, were – um, I don't want to say helped, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Anywho, uh, there was somebody selling, I guess it was on eBay air, a Ziploc bag of air from Toronto <laughs> that he caught in the bag and has a picture of the same time Aaron judge hit the 70th home run and he's selling it for $199 or best offer. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I have to wonder if he's had any offers at this point. Right. I want to know how many offers he has. And it, it, I was like, well, I do have bags of air of all 69 other home runs, so I definitely have to spend $199 for a bag of air of this one. But it was just <laughs> like so funny to me that I was like, oh, my gosh. So if anybody buys it, you either A, have too much money, or B, have the word sucker written all over your forehead. Yeah. Yeah, that that should come with just a piece of paper that just says the word gullible on it. <laughs> gullible on it. <laughs> just says thank you. Um, <laughs> so that's the first news is is the uh, Boba Fett ears, and then the second news. This is pretty cool. They released a poster, uh, a teaser poster of Tales of the Jedi, uh, which is coming on October twenty sixth on Disney Plus. Um, so it's a really cool picture. I'm looking at it right now. We see. Uh, young Doku on the right and Ahsoka on the left and uh, a bunch of other younger versions of the Jedis that we um, are going to uh, find out all about in this Tales of the Jedi. Um, so it's pretty cool. So I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Uh, I think I think it's a really cool opportunity for them to like explore some some stories without dedicating a whole season of a show to them right like yeah honestly like book of boba fett could you imagine if they had just done that story in kind of this style where it's a few episodes of an animated thing instead of dragging us through the mud dragging us that. through it yeah and yeah. like even even uh, what we're going to talk about later on today in andor i thought this week's episode was good but same thing i feel like they're stretching it out to try and fit through a longer season when we it's their ideas are too long for a two hour movie, but not long enough for 12 for a 12 hour episode or 12 hour series. 
I yep, feel like exactly. they they and they and maybe they're getting um gripe from people about you know the eight and ten episodes uh seasons so they're like okay well we'll make a 12 12 episode season but now it's like okay let's we can pick up the pace a little bit you right know? yeah yeah so i think this i i really hope this series continues i hope that they can pick up they can go beyond the jedi too because i think there's a lot of interesting stories in the universe that yeah. you could tell um you know, if it's tales of the bounty hunters and you get right. some IG 11 stuff. Yeah. Something. Yeah, totally. Some, uh, even like, a like, uh, my friend Tom and I used to play a lot. The, uh, star Wars galaxies, uh, star Wars galaxy. What was it called? Um, yeah. Star Wars galaxies. galaxies yeah. yeah. And it was like so much fun because you were just a character in it. And in Star Wars, there are so many characters that we just see in the background. Like you said, all the bounty hunters, if they could do this with just like a two or three episode arc on some some specific bounty hunters or even just some other characters. Like we're we're getting a good backstory on Mon Mothma right now in Andor, but they could do that with with other people, you know, with it's a trap. Like I would love to see yeah. two episodes on him. But not uh, not twelve episodes on him, you know. Like right. we don't need to see a whole thing, but a, a cool two three story episode arc on him would be amazing. So yeah, um, yeah. So those are the two news articles that I found today. I thought the poster thing was pretty cool, and uh, maybe as a collector, I I will uh, send somebody. <laughs> uh, our friend Jimmy is actually in Disney World right now, so maybe that he can he maybe he can pick us up some uh, some. Boba Fett ears and then ship them across <laughs> the country to us. They're, well, he's not across the country from you. No, not Jimmy, from me. Jimmy's he, out by you. Yeah, but, Jimmy's uh, in in Georgia, so it would just be up above. He just have to send it up, up to the uh, upper, uh, up whatever to the Yankees that I am up here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to catch up on Star Wars news because I I knew this was going to be a subject, mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted to be prepared. And it, it's wild. I feel like right now it's slow just because, and it's because they have so much going on, right? Like, right. Yeah. Right now, you have Andor in mm -hmm. two weeks. That Tales of the Jedi starts up. It's it's busy for people just watching stuff. I think the only thing I saw was the books are moving into Phase Two of the High Republic era. Okay, right, yep. But and yeah. I I'm really curious about the High Repa High Republic. I I I like the idea of the era. I just never have gotten far enough into the comics and stuff. Yeah, I, I um I've never read comics at all as a kid. Um and I tried um, with Star Wars when I started doing this podcast. I, I started to pick up a couple of them, but I don't. They just were never like Nick and I have talked about it numerous times. I'm like, okay, I think the artwork is amazing. I think the stories are cool, but I feel like the stories are very short in in each yeah. of the books. And then I was saying to him, like, the closest comic book store to us is just far enough away to be inconvenient. So it's like if it was, you know, three miles closer, I would be like, OK, I'm there all the time. But it's just far enough away that I'm like and it's on a busy road all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to hit, you know, a dozen traffic lights and be sitting. <laughs> and it's going to take me twice as long as I really want to spend in the car to try and pick up a comic book and then have to do it like week after week or whatever. I'm like, forget this. So, um, yeah. but because of that, I don't know all of the a lot of the hidden Easter eggs that are based off of things that are in the comics and stuff like that. So I'm like, Oh, I kick myself for being <laughs> lazy. Uh, 
No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I I have the opposite problem. I so in college I started like going to the local comic book shop. In a college town, they're they're usually pretty easy to get to and stuff. And I got to be really close friends with the staff. Um, and then one of the staff, one of the managers, he went off and kind of started his own comic book store. And he actually was one of my groomsmen in my wedding. So oh, awesome! One of my closest friends own a, owns a comic book store. So I have some <laughs> right, yeah, some uh, things I have to do. Yeah. So now I have behind that shelf over there. There's another shelf just like it that is. Uh, literally top to bottom with comic book boxes that i've maybe read a tenth of okay uh so <laughs> instead i just collect them you and collect them yeah them. <laughs> yeah and like when i went the the guy was like trying to tell me like uh i thought i was getting there pretty quickly and he's like oh you already missed the first run of this this is the second run or whatever and i'm like okay he's like yeah he goes so collectability wise it really isn't going to do anything and i'm like Okay, so now I know I have to be there like the day comes out, yeah. uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not going to get the first run of, of these comics, and I'm like, okay, I'm not that dedicated to it. Uh, but so that that's where we stand there, and that's where like I was going to ask you when we get into the show. Um, there, um, The mom... Uh, not Luther. Uh, Cyril's oh, mom. Oh, Melvin's mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Melvin, yeah. Uh, she keeps like referring to, to, uh, uncle, uncle Harlow. And I'm like, okay, it's, this has to be a deep Easter egg somewhere. But, uh, when we, uh hold on, let, let everybody take it, take one step back, Rob. You're getting very excited here. You don't have Nick ringing you in. Ryan's egging you on. He's like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> hold on. Hold on one second. We're, we're done with the news. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk all about Andor and when we talk all about Andor, letting you know that we will talk all about it. So spoilers are ahead. So let's do it. We'll be back after this commercial break. And we're back. Whoa. Whoa. Um, we always joke. I don't know. if <laughs> I'm always like when Nick and I are always like, uh, go buy that product. And like six <laughs> out of seven times, there's no actual commercial even in there. Um, yeah. So the yeah, one I've time. The one time for me there was. I was very happy. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so Ryan has gone out and bought a commercial or bought every product of the commercials that he's heard, which he missed every them single one, and voted for every candidate that yes. that probably is in there too. <laughs> that runs in there as well. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> we we just had to vote uh, in our town for a referendum to help improve the schools. So I, we just went. That was another thing right before we got here. So I clicked on the button. Then I hit next. And I'm like, that's it? There's nothing else going <laughs> on right now? That was the whole thing. Just to vote wow. for the referendum. I was like, oh. I was like, we don't even have like senators or congressmen or school board members or anything. Nope. This was a whole vote just for the school board. So, wow. Yeah. So hopefully it goes the way that we want it to go, whichever way that may be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, as a fellow person tied into the schools i hope it helps <laughs> yes i agree i was jokingly i said i voted it down on my wife you know i'm uh, I, I teach uh my wife is in the school district and not in this school district in the school district that we work in she goes you better not have i go no i didn't vote it down of course i voted for it <laughs> i'm not a fool i'm not a fool i care about i care about my all my fellow teachers so yes i uh, definitely voted yes for it nice 
So there we go. So that was that. So now you know that I voted yes in my small town for uh, <laughs> to help the schools improve. All right. So this episode, the axe forgets. There was but a lot of fun in not. here. The tree does not. Yes. Um, so I love on IMDb the uh, the synopsis of the show, and I'll read it to you, Ryan. It's very detailed. Cashin must carefully navigate the distrust inherent in being the new member of a secret operation. That's it. That's all they say. So I love I it. I guess they, that happened. Yeah, that <laughs> happened. You know, they get into a lot of detail, and uh, that happened. So, um, so uh, we start off. <laughs> I love the way this starts and ends. By the way, it practically ends back in. It would have been perfect if it would have ended in the same scene that it started with. Um, yeah. But they did do like one or two scenes after it, and I was like, "Oh man, like you should have you should have put it all the way at the end because it would have been perfect bookends for for this episode." But we start off with with our man Cyril uh, Melvin, as uh, as Nick likes to call him, and he's <laughs> sitting at home with his mom Edie. Which did she not remind you of the seamstress in um, the Incredible the Incredibles? Oh yeah, I could see that. I, yeah, yeah. Um, Edna. Edna, yeah, because yeah. her name's Edie, E E D Y, and Edna. Maybe that was it. Also, they were like, <laughs> they were like, we're gonna do everything we can except for make this the same person. Uh, we're gonna call her Edna and Edie. Um, so I was. Uh, my, my note about the mom was that she seems very Long Island. Like, yes, watching her, she uh-huh. it was so much just like. A Long Island mother, like yep, uh, even with the like mob tie-ins that we'll get to here in a minute, I'm <laughs> sure. But yeah, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's us, oh, like the way she's like criticizing him, but then like he tries to. He's he's like very sarcastic with, oh yeah, uh, I forgot how sympathetic you are, or something like that. And she was like, <laughs> well, I see you haven't lost your sense of humor and whatever, and yeah. you know, like and the whole like. You could have come any time and open and her yeah. answer is an open invitation is no invitation at all. Like, Everybody knows that an open invitation is no invitation. Yeah, she was so like so angry, such a and I'm like, okay, maybe my family wasn't that bad because <laughs> my family was close to this. Uh so it was pretty funny. I was like, Wow, all right. I was like, uh, were you like uh watching my Thanksgiving ten years ago? Because this is what it felt like. Um yeah, so she kept harassing him and, you know, and I, okay. Blue food in Andor. <laughs> um, a couple weeks ago, we saw blue ramen. Now, okay. this cereal, the Cocoa Puffs, were half brown, half blue Cocoa Puffs. And then it was blue milk, which I'm all yep. about. I mean, my show Bantha is Bantha milk, milk so why not? But Luke had bantha milk on Tatooine because there were banthas on Tatooine. Yeah, why are they shipping it to the center rim? Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> is it is it that desirable that in the center rim that everybody wants bantha milk also? Do they have banthas on this planet? I haven't seen any banthas yet. Um, so I was like, okay, are we really pushing this blue on purpose? Like, what's the deal here? And then later on, when we see the, the outcast, the seven people... They were drinking white milk, so yep. I don't know where they got their milk from, but it definitely wasn't from a bantha. Um, it was from a dray. Oh, from a dray. There we go. So, <laughs> dray milk white, bantha yeah. milk blue. 
um, and weird little guys that uh, Luke's hanging out with milk green. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The little what uh, he wasn't milking the, those. Uh, I don't remember what that animal was, but the giant nipples. But yeah, they were green. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. So apparently milk is multicolors in the galaxy. Um, so yeah. So I was like, okay, we're really, really pushing this this blue milk stuff here. But I'm I'm down with it. Whatever. It's Star Wars. It's nostalgia. I'm cool with yeah. it. Um, I think I think that's why they had him eat cereal too. Yeah. Like that that <laughs> is totally like nostalgia Saturday morning uh-huh. for your bowl of cereal, and it, it definitely looked like like to me it looked like like chocolate like cocoa puffs with some mint on them or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, it, um, like the booberry cereal where like it turns the milk colors, you know, and yeah. so it was like. I was like, okay, here we go. Like, I'm waiting now for Star Wars. They had Baby Yoda or Grogu. I forget if they called it Baby Yoda cereal or just Grogu cereal. Oh, yeah. But they had Baby... Well, famously C-3PO's. Yeah, the C-3PO's. So are we going to get this new uh, blue and brown Star Wars cereal <laughs> uh, shipped to your to your local grocery store soon? Um, yeah, I was going to say coming soon, TM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, that was pretty funny. But then... Yes, uh, you were saying uh, Mafia, but Uncle Harlow, she kept talking about Uncle Harlow. I don't know if this is the mob reference that you're referring to or if you're referring yeah. to something else. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not familiar with Uncle Harlow, but I I got very strong either like Mafia mob vibes. Maybe he's working with the Empire, so she's trying to get him back in touch with him. But yeah, definitely that like they're in the family kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like trying to do a deep dive today during work on this. And the first website I went to, the guy was like, uh, yeah. So uncle Harlow could be a real high ranking empire, uh, official. I'm like, okay. Or he could be this, or he could be, I'm like, (laughs) you don't know. You're just (laughs) throwing everything out out there. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, if I, if I say he's one of nine things, he's definitely going to be one of them. Um, so yeah, so I was hoping somebody actually knew who uncle Harlow was because in my brief search on it, I wasn't able to find out who it was, but yeah. So uncle Harlow, maybe we'll see him in the future. It will be fun to see what uncle Harlow is in the future because, um, we just know of him and, and mom speaks very highly of him, but it was, (laughs) it was a yes. And he was very proud that I waited before I called and yes it's okay and blah blah and i was like oh my gosh like this poor guy like he lost his job for doing what he felt was the right thing and now he has to go home and just get berated by his mom she's like you don't have any future plans i have a spare bedroom no but that doesn't matter like she was like when am i gonna have grandbabies is all i wanted to hear next yeah yeah that was basically the like undertone there Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> cool, you you failed me because you haven't lived the normal life. Where's my grandbabies? Where's my grandbabies? Let's go. I want to be a grandmother. Everybody else in the in the retirement village here has grandbabies, and I don't have any grandbabies <laughs> yet. Uh, so then we leave there, and then we go see Cashin, and uh, I forget the order that we start seeing all the all the Cashin clips. Um, yeah, it, yeah. So we start with I, we start with Cashin. Um, I think. If I remember right, he was starting to, I feel like there was like the starts of the distrust, 
Like, yeah. Oh, oh, I think it's the part where he's getting introduced to who who the whole crew is. Right, right. Um, and then, uh, so that was like the previews. Was she went through all of the names because I was I wrote down all the names because all, everybody's new. Like, there's nobody in this show that we've seen before. So yeah. I'm like, I, I kept last week, I kept forgetting all the names and that's where uh, Melvin came from because we couldn't remember any of the names. So then I wrote down all the names because I was like, okay, I need to have all these names written down. So that's when we meet, She in the preview we go through Huskeen, uh, Tamarin, uh, Nemec, Sinta, Lieutenant Gorn, and the leader is Vel. So they're the, they're the rebel, this little uh, band of rebels here. Um, but I'm, Skeen, I don't remember if the first one is when he wakes up and he looks down in his bag and sees that his bag is missing. And uh, yes. and so then he quick jumps up because he still has that uh, blue uh, kyber crystal, which is worth 30, 30 to 50,000 credits, depending on who you ask. Um, and for some reason, I'm still confused why Luthen gave it to him in the first place, I guess it was like a, like a down payment. Like I'm going to pay you 200,000 to do this. Here's 50,000 of my trust. Um, you know, when you come back, you give it to me and I pay you back. I guess maybe that's why he gave this to him. But yeah, there definitely seems like there's going to be more like either Luthen was like giving it to, to like test him or to test this cell. Right. We'll, We'll talk about what happens with it later, but, um, or, and, and, uh, Andor definitely is like kind of using it in weird ways. He's keeping it on him at weird times. He mm-hmm. he always seems to be like knowing when when he has that crystal. Yeah, yeah, and he's been hiding it in different places because he doesn't want anybody to see it. Um, but he's not just burying it under a tree like you would do in Survivor when you don't want anybody to find <laughs> the uh, the immunity idol that you have. Um, so he keeps putting it in all these different places. So he looks down and his bag is missing. So then he jumps out and Skeen is bathing, I guess. I don't know. His shirt's off for some unknown reason. Yeah. And he's got all of his stuff out on, on a table. So then Andor goes running over. And this is when we find out that both Skeen and, and I mean, we knew that Andor from the last conversation between the two of them, that they both serve some sort of time in Imperial... Uh, fighting, um, both like there at least Endor was was forced into it, and it, I, it appears Skeen was as well. Um, but he sees all the tattoos that are all uh, Imperial related tattoos that he has on him. Yeah, I kind I kind of took it as like a almost like prison. Yeah, uh, like the the barcode was like his prisoner barcode, mm-hmm. and um, then he shows a, a like hand uh, by the hand which i i kind of thought of like a like a prison gang yeah. kind of thing going on yeah um by the hand and or so yeah uh it definitely was um definitely was uh i want to say like self decided to have these tattoos on him because he was like yeah you looked at it right away you know what this yeah. means um so you would think that that would bond them together, knowing that they both were there. And Andor kind of gives him a little bit of like his backstory, but he, I think it's because he's still being so secretive. 
and that's why uh, Skeen still doesn't trust him. Um, but it, he's the the whole episode is them trying to build each other's trust, but at the same time they're still keeping it secret from each other. So it's it's interesting. Um, yeah. So then he he says, "Oh, you know, this is like imperial." Uh, an imperial weapon here. Where'd you get this from? And he goes, I forget the guy's name. So then that's making Skeen even more angry because he wants him to just open up to him and just tell him everything. And Cashin doesn't want to tell him anything. Yeah, um, I think, I think that's, you know, I, I feel like that's like prodding at the edges of the story, like trying to figure out where Cashin's lying. You know, who's this Clem guy? Yeah. Um, which by the way, Clem is the, the most like, <laughs> corporate name that you could come up with <laughs> that's right <laughs> i am clem okay yeah. good name good name pal good choice um <laughs> so yeah and then uh i don't remember i'm trying to I, I forget i wish i knew the order of everything i, I'm, I feel so i like, think from there so yeah you have that conversation um and then you cut over to mon mothma because right oh the yes first part of this episode was a lot of like it was like exposition it was mm-hmm. like these weird quick cuts because it was like, here's Melvin's house. Yeah. Here's the forest on Aldani. Okay, let's cut over to Mon Mothma and see how her marriage and family is falling apart. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like it, it, like we're just seeing little bits of everything and not really getting anything in this. So, yeah, so then we cut to Mon Mothma. And this, <laughs> this scene was just like, like you said, seeing her how her family is falling apart. It was just like this poor lady is trying to... She's not. I don't even think she's starting the revolution at this point. Um, she's definitely involved in the revolution, but she definitely sees how bad the empire is, and she's trying to make the world better. But in typical fashion, when you're trying to make the world a better place, everybody at home gets neglected because you're spending so much time saving the world that your family is getting neglected. So now her husband is just like, whatever, I'm done. I don't care. I'm here. I'm only here because... All this money is here, so I'm happy. Yeah. His daughter, her daughter, she was like, "Well, we're going to go out." She's like, "I'm not going out with you." She's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and the d- daughter was such a typical like teenage daughter, like, "You don't have to go out with me. I don't care." Meh, meh, meh. And then the mom was like, "Yeah, let's go." No. And then I just loved when she was like, "Thanks for all the support there." And her husband's basically he has his feet up on the de- on the table and he's just like laughing, like, "Ha ha, this is what you get when you ignore us. We hate you." Um, yeah. And I was like, like, whatever. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because they're they're obviously gone by the time we circle back and see Mon Mothma in another three years. Right, Rebels. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see if they do anything with her through this series, um, and with the with their her family. You know, does does Dad take the daughter and run? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them ends up getting killed if the mm-hmm. empire you know takes and kills somebody um or even if you know and this is me purely speculating maybe melvin gets so frustrated uh that he goes and like takes a hostage or something yeah um yeah um there's different theories we were talking about it uh i was watching screen crush and he's and he one of his theories was that Melvin turns to the rebels and becomes like one of the rebels because he gets so frustrated. His his like story arc is that he switches and goes to the good side. I don't know if I'm going to see that or not. I I don't. Yeah. I mean I don't. Right now I don't see that. I don't think that's going to happen the way the way they're showing it right now. Um, 
he also had a theory that one of the seven people in the forest are going to turn on them, um, which is a, a traditional story arc that somebody then turns. Um, yeah. I think if anybody turns, it would be uh, Tamarin. Um, okay. Because I, I feel yeah, like- I think what what goes wrong on Aldani though isn't somebody turning. I mean, it, it might happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, but and we'll get to this in a few scenes. Uh, but I I think they introduced they they foreshadowed what's going to go wrong. Yeah, um, and I and I don't think it's a it's a dissenter within the ranks. I I, I don't necessarily foresee that. Okay. Um, but. You know, I, I could see that. I, I guess I could see the argument for it. Um, but yeah, I think I think Melvin at most becomes like a dark side vigilante, okay. where like he's fed up with the Empire. I don't think he joins the Rebels, but I could see him getting so frustrated with the way the Empire is running um, that he decides he's going to go just kill Rebels or something, or fight Rebels just. Yeah. On his own. On his own. I can see that. I can see him. And maybe uh, Uncle, I was going to say Uncle Melvin, Uncle Harlow is, like you said, a bounty hunter. And maybe he goes and somehow joins him and then they go doing their own thing. Um, The only reason of any of them, I would think that Tamarin would be the one to turn. It's because he's the one that we've seen the least about so far. Mm, Like there's a huge thing between Skeen and, and Cashin. Um, and then Nemec, the, like the young kid, like he's a hundred percent in, he, you know, he's like, yeah. he's so in, it's not even funny. Um, and I, I mean, we haven't seen much of Cinta, the, the other girl, um, other than she's been like taking care of Cashin and, and healing him and stuff. But, um, I feel like, uh, Tamarin is the one that we see the least of. So he would be the one that if anybody were to turn, I feel like it would be him because, it's easy to make someone that you don't know uh, turn. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they're they're back in the jungle and they're talking. They're practicing their march because now they're practicing everything they need to do to make it into this base. Um, and uh, well, we didn't talk about anything to scale this time. Oh, I loved the old tech alert um, when he when the young kid pulls up the this sensor thing i forget exactly what it was but it had the little screen oh, on it yeah um it looked like to me an old polaroid camera absolutely i i thought the same exact thing i was like yep that's that's just a little yeah because <laughs> um in like the movie episode i think episode two the walkie talkies that they used were like the ladies razor um, right. the chick ladies razor or whatever it was. So since this era is supposed to be, you know, before 1977, they definitely are doing a lot of old tech with the technology, you know, the screens are, are the square screens of all the different displays and stuff like that. And my grandfather had this Polaroid that was awesome. You could open up and then you take the picture and then the, the Polaroid picture slid out of the front of it. Um, and as soon as he opened it up, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's an old Polaroid old Polaroid camera right there. It was really fun. So I did enjoy seeing that. And if uh, prove me wrong that that is not what that was um, originally or meant to be because it definitely looked just like that. Um, yeah. So then they're talking. And, and basically this whole thing is them just preparing and getting ready 
for their ambush uh, in three days' time when the uh, celebration goes on. When the the uh, they're not it's not fireworks, but it's actually like the the um, meteor showers, thousands of meteor showers basically falling down, making it look like fireworks when yeah. that's going on. So I really liked uh, like. So I, this episode made me really like Nemec, which probably says something about me. But okay. <laughs> um, but Nemec was really, really cool. And like listening to how bought in he was to the rebellion was, yeah. was really neat. He's just he's obviously a young kid, but so well spoken and just like this is this is why we're rebelling. Mm-hmm. And um, reminded no. me a lot of a lot of my friends who maybe have similar ideas about real life but okay. um <laughs> you know and, and and so the idea of and, and and i think it retconned i think they were trying to do a little bit of retconning of like this is why the rebels have 1977 technology yeah and it's because they didn't want to rely on the imperial uh yeah and stuff. It, it was definitely fun his his whole spiel about if we get Imperial stuff, then we have to use Imperial stuff. And, uh, then basically like they can track us. So if we use old tech, they can't track us. That's like the one hacker who's like, I'm just using dial up still because <laughs> they can't track anything on dial up. Um, yeah, and it's exactly. like, okay. Uh, so yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's a very good, um, like tinfoil hat theories that he had, which were fun, but he definitely like bought all into it. And and he, I also liked where he was like, you know, if you know how to take it apart and fix it, then you don't have to worry about de- being dependent on anybody else or anything like that. So it was a very yeah. good way of thinking. Um, so yeah, I liked him as well. I really, I hope. And I was wondering if if he, if in any of the comics anywhere that that we saw this character in any future comics like taking place in the future that about you know whatever. Um, yeah. Because uh, because he is a cool character, so um, I could also see him ending up being somebody who dies. Like right. he's the guy who everybody likes, uh-huh. and he's so into the rebellion. Yeah, and he's gonna die at like a pivotal point in the second to last episode. Yeah, and make everybody sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the my my kids, I have my kids making these uh, historical trading cards because I joke that you know everybody has Pokemon cards and baseball cards, but nobody of like any real importance to to america <laughs> so every once in a while somebody like we do it about the revolutionary war and somebody uh, winds up getting crispus atticus which okay. is the first person to be killed in the revolutionary war so he's <laughs> he won't be the first one killed but he could definitely be one that would be known for being killed in the rebellion like it would be oh nemec was he was he was the first one in this battle or whatever yep. you know type of a thing. So he's going to be he could easily be Star Wars's Crispus Atticus. There you go. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's all in. He's he's teaching um, uh, Andor about all the tech and all that stuff. And then they're practicing marching um, because they're obviously going to infiltrate it by acting like Imperials, which is what yep. we saw. Uh, Andor talking about before um, to Luthen when he was saying they're so uh, they're so uptight that they don't think that that anybody like us could just walk into there. So I found it funny that that was him saying that to Luthen, and now this wasn't his idea, but this rebel pack is doing the same exact thing that he was saying. So 
I wonder how widespread the knowledge is amongst all the rebels that if you just act like an Imperial, they'll let you in. Um, <laughs> because that, that appears to be what they're going to be trying to do is, is marching in. And then Andor had some very good ideas um, to make them look more Imperial. And, of course, yep. you know, people don't like when the new guy comes in and changes all of your plans. We've been working on this for months, and now you're going to go in. And he's like, look, the left-handed people should be on the left-hand side. The right-handed people should be on the right-handed side. And then it was interesting. Bale was like, yeah, well, what am I? He's like, you're right-handed. What's this guy? Right-handed. Were you? Yeah, right it shows how much he was paying attention. Yeah, how much he was paying attention. So it was pretty cool that, uh, that he was uh, – that they were showing that even though he's – you would think it would build a little bit more trust that he's like, look, I've only been here for two days and I already know everything about you guys type of thing. But for whatever reason, Skeen is still uh, untrustworthy of him um, because we see once again, he steals his stuff. Um, right. And then he, he, he took something. Yeah, else. That's, that, that's a little bit later on. Okay. Um, but but yeah, and I think this is the scene where we're also introduced to what I think is going to be the flaw. Um, and I, actually it's right before they start marching, I guess we, we missed the scene, but, okay. um, Andor's called into the tent. They're, they're asking him like, Hey, how do you know the weight of this? Oh, right. Ship? Yeah. And Andor's like, what, you, you don't know how to check this? Like, are you guys idiots? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's kind of a back and forth, but he's like, are you sure it's going to be already mounted on the rail? Yeah. Um, and I wrote it down right then and there. I was like, it's not going to be, it's not going to be mounted on the rail. Yeah. He was so determined. He's like, you're sure. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan, um, (laughs) Lieutenant Gorn is in there every day. It's all mounted. It's going to be mounted on the rail. So like you said there, that's the, uh, the Chekhov's gun type of uh, situation or the, the blue herring or whatever, red herring, whatever you call it. (laughs) Um, and uh, they're going to get in, and it's not going to be mounted. And then they're going to have to figure out how to get it out of there, how to get it mounted, or how to get it out without it being mounted. So I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of crashing going on. Uh, oh, yeah. It's going to be like when I fly the Millennium Falcon at, at Disneyland. <laughs> 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 we did it We did it twice when we were in Disney World. And I think uh, I told Eric about this. Uh, we saw – well, the other ride um, – Okay. Oh yeah, you saw you saw the B. We saw the B roll, yeah, twice, yeah. and I was like, a little disappointed, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the first yeah, time I I did it after drinking at the cantina, oh. probably ruined some poor families. There you go. <laughs> You're like, look at this, guys! I'm gonna keep yeah. smashing it down into the ground. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> You're like drunk, yeah. drunk Millennium Falcon driving lessons, boys and girls. Here we go. This is what you do. Yep. Um, but it is interesting, uh, being on that ride, the uh, handle to when you have to go into into light speed, into into hyperspeed space, whatever it's called, um, is the same one that they have the same handle in in Andor. Um, on oh on, yeah on Andor ship, and even on the real Millennium Falcon, it's the same thing. So it was fun um, seeing that cockpit in Andor after riding the Millennium Falcon ride. And being like, this is very similar. Yeah. And go. even um, somebody else was flying a ship on Andor, and he had two different controls. And I was like, that's the way it is in the Millennium Falcon <laughs> because one person controls left and right, and the right. other comp- yep. other person controls up and down. 
and my wife kept going down thinking she was pulling up. Um, so the first time we drove it, we weren't, we didn't do that well either, but then <laughs> we rode it a second time. And then I, I drove, I flew and phew, we did so much better. Um, so there we go. There so if you need a co-pilot for a millennial Falcon ride, I'm your man, not, <laughs> not a drunk Ryan, not Ryan <laughs> after the cantina. That is exactly. not a good idea. So uh, yeah, back to Andor. I yeah. think, I think the next scene is. It was the Tie Fighter. The they were they almost oh, got spotted by the Tie. Yes, so that was that was really cool because, um, you see it go by, and I like the special effects. The special effects were really good. You see it go by. I like the sound effects too. Like it definitely sounds like a cool jet. And then this was like the Top Gun moment. It flies past, and then they're like. Uh, they're like, oh, good, it's gone. They quick ran and covered up all the guns because they just wanted to look like just regular shepherds or whatever. Which, by the way, six horned goats, pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, the <laughs> fact that the horns were, you know, two went out from the side, two up and over, two down below. I would not want to get in a uh, in a horn fighting match with a six horned goat. That's for sure. Yeah, that'd be a bad day. It would be a very bad day. Um, so then, then they're like, oh, he's gone. And I think it was Vale. I don't remember if it was Vale or Cinta, but I, I feel like one of the girls were like, nope, here he comes. And then he did the uh, uh, permission for a flyby. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. And he is like, thank you. And, they, and then uh, Rooster's in the back going, um, am I missing something? It wasn't Rooster. Who was the guy in the original Top Gun? Anyway. Uh Matt, uh, Goose. Well, Goose knew, but when he did it oh, at the yeah. end, he had a different uh, Rio. Oh, rhythm. Hollywood, maybe? Maybe Hollywood. Somebody was like, am I missing something? And they're like, nope. And then both of them do the, do the flyby. And he goes, <laughs> that kid. Um, so, yeah. So I really wanted somebody to spill their coffee when the thing went <laughs> by. It would have been a perfect tribute to Top Gun if that would have happened. Um, but, yeah, so they did the Top Gun flyby. Um, so luckily they didn't look like anything more than just shepherds, more than just people out in the, out in the woods. And then when we get into the Imperial base, you can tell the people don't really want to be there. Yeah. Um, the employees Talk about are how smelly people are. Yeah. Um, and just that, you know, the, he's like, you all need to get this loaded up by, by, uh, Saturday, whatever the day is, and two days from now. And they're like, look, we didn't want to be on this base in the first place. The only reason any of us signed up was so that we could see the celestial thingamabobber. I forget the name of it. He's like, yeah, can, can we, yeah, can we please, like, uh, all, you know, do that? And he's like, fine. But after it's over, the next day, you will be cleaning this and doing this and doing that. And they're like, fine. And then he kind of gave a little a little smirk because uh, Lieutenant Gorn wants as few people down in that area as possible to make it easier for them to steal the ship. But at the same time, he can't be like everybody has to be out of this room on the on the <laughs> day of the event. But now that they're all asking to be out of the room, he's like, "Cool, this is going to work yeah. out just right." Exactly. Um, exactly. So. Um, yeah, so I don't. Yeah, think... I noticed there was a surprising because I think right in there too is when they're like walking down to the temple and 
you see the target practice yeah. like trash can lid. Uh-huh. There was a surprising amount of marks near the center of that for yeah. for Imperials. For Imperials <laughs> and from Imperials that looked like they were probably shooting from pretty far away. So I'm I'm highly impressed. Um we figured out why they can't see very well. And judging by my 3D printed helmet, my <laughs> eyes are all the way in here in the middle. My eyes are so far in that I looked cross-eyed and uh, I can't see very well. Yeah. Yeah, can't can't see out of the helmets. No. That's, that's also why they smack their heads on the, the Death Star <laughs> on the Death and, you Star. know, everything else. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great scene when that guy accidentally bangs his head on it. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so for, so for Imperials, they did a pretty good job now. Who knows? It could have been two thousand shots, and they hit it four times. But right, you know. So there we go. Uh, but yeah, so you could tell he was he was a little peeved that they were desecrating the uh, um, temple. Uh, temple. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Desecrating the temple that way. Uh, but there were a lot of those trash can lids there. There was the one hanging up, and there was like three more on the ground next to it. Um, so. Yeah, so we, we see that we see that he is uh, he's like okay, good. The plan is going in motion. This is working out very well. And they were also talking about you know how many people do you think are going to be here? They're like uh, you know there used to be thousands of people, but last time there was only hundreds of them. So uh, it will be interesting to see if we can tell like if they show you know only hundreds of people or thousands of people. Uh, you know, the more, the easier it would be for them to break in. But if there's only 20 people there, then it's going to be really hard for seven of those 20 to sneak into the, into the base. So, uh, I guess we'll see hopefully next week. I don't know. Do you think it'll take place next week? Uh, what, so this was episode five yeah. out of, is it six this season? 12. 12. Okay. 12. So wow. I don't I don't think I think this is just going to be like the midway story arc. Yeah. Because we're there, it, we're too close to it for it to be to for the like attack to be the end. Right. Right. And and like we got so much more with Mon Mothma and with Melvin and stuff that that can't be the end. They escape and everybody's happy. Like there has to be more that happens after they break out and take the ship maybe the ship is damaged somehow or whatever yeah. or who knows but uh, i feel like yeah we're probably gonna get the attack next uh, probably the attack next episode maybe maybe they'll change tone and focus on mon mothma and luthan for next episode since they only got like one or two scenes this episode yeah there wasn't much um, with luthan this ma- this episode so maybe they'll change and like kind of s- tell a little bit more of their story and then come back and do the attack in another episode. But I would guess we're going to have the attack within the next two episodes. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we go to, I don't know if this is directly after that, but then we get to the scene with the Lieutenant supervisor, uh, Bevan. Um, and he's, they're on, looks like they're back on the planet that, uh, Cashin, Cashin left. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because there's people in the street that are like cleaning up the street, um, but they're wearing similar clothes to the clothes of the miners before. So it looks like we're back on that planet, maybe. Um, but um, he's he's standing there and he's looking at a hotel, and he talks to Captain Tigo, 
And he says, what do you think about this? And he goes, it's a hotel. And he goes, yeah, well, what do you think about uh, being stationed here or something like that? And the guy goes, on this planet? He goes, no, you're already on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're not getting off of this planet. He's like, yeah. uh, how about do you want to make that hotel your base? And he was like, oh, okay. Uh, he's like, good. Get it ready by the by my next board meeting. You know, he's like, you get you got five days to get it ready. Um, so now, yeah, I thought that that was interesting because it was almost like out of place. Like that, yeah. that was like a story we don't have any really other tie-ins to. No, the only the only other tie-ins we have is the fact that that Lieutenant Supervisor Bievan is you know Deidre's, um, pretty much arch nemesis in the Empire yeah. at this point. So, um. Uh, I, okay, maybe, because, go ahead. No, uh, what were you saying? I was going to say, she's all bent up and trying to figure out, trying to stop all these little rebel uh, bursts of action. And she sees that they're all tied together. Nobody else sees that they're tied together yet. She's like, no. And they're like, they're too spread apart. But she sees that they're actually tied together. This last base or this planet was where they found the the box and the last bit of rebel uh action was taking place around this box which was on this planet which is i guess why he's now here so the only thing i can think of is that they put him there to make her angry i don't know um so but he's he's only here to be her her uh counterpart her you know her antagonist I guess so. Uh, it, it, like you said, it was out of place, and we didn't go back to it at all. We had that one scene, and then maybe yeah. was at the end. We didn't go back to it at all at the end, right? I don't think so. I don't no. think so either. I think that was it. I think we saw this one scene, and they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, maybe we'll get back to this later." Uh, which also reminds me of the Sergeant Linus Mosk, the the sergeant of the the cops who got fired, um, Melvin's boss. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to see him again? Or, or is, is he just done? Like, he's like, you got fired. He's like, cool, I'm out of here, whatever. Um, yeah. Because it seems like a it seems like a, a throwaway character because he, he understood the system. If he was only there to show that this is how you work the system and Melvin decides I'm not going to work the system that way, like, then I was like, oh, that's a little disappointing because uh, hopefully we see him again. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see. Maybe he he's someone who I could see going over to the rebels. Mm-hmm. Right? He he knows how the system works. He knows yeah. um, how to work with it. Right, so. and and he has a lot of inside information. So he, I feel he could definitely help the rebels a lot and be like, okay, this is their this is what they do. This is their game plan. So I would I would actually love to see him go to the rebels. That would be a lot of fun to see him. You know, knock on Mon Mothma's door. Hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. Let's go. Um, so that'd be pretty funny. Um, so yeah, so we saw that scene and then I forget where we went after that because I think after that is the second Mon Mothma scene in the car. Okay. Which, I mean, it was, again, this was so much, there was so much exposition, which you need in this type of show, but it was so jumpy. I feel like, yeah. um, because this, this scene I took it as like so. Mon Mothma says I, I established another uh, foundation. It's mm-hmm. charitable, right? 
I kind of think that's maybe her way of funneling money to the rebels. I think so too. Yeah, I think maybe that's her like thing, and it and it shows that her husband is your typical aristocrat who mm-hmm. is just a political aristocrat who's just kind of there for the politics and there to be rich, but. Mon Mothma like cares about what she's doing, and and yeah. I think this is sewing her separation. Even when she said something like it's charitable, so I think then she said something like so you won't like it or something along those lines, or maybe just the way she said it's charitable. I took it like to him like you won't like it because it's charitable type of thing. But yeah, you, you can. This whole scene was just built up just to show that she cares and he doesn't. Uh, yeah. But then he did turn a little bit. At the end, when he asked, like, what was the driver's name? Instead of just calling him driver, like she was doing earlier, he said something about your driver's here. And she's like, his name is Phil. And he was like, oh, whatever. So he did, like, show just a little bit of sympathy when he was like, what's his name? And then she said it. And then he goes, "Uh, take us to wherever. Um, Yeah, take us on the expressway. On the expressway, yeah. Which I found, (laughs) I find it very funny. (laughs) Like, we have traffic jams because we have thousands of cars and one road. They have an infinite amount of space going up and down. <laughs> yeah, that's always, like, cracked me up about Coruscant whenever they show the traffic. It, it, it's in a traffic pattern, right? Mm-hmm. You have straight lines, and they're all layered. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> I mean, sure, you're going to have accidents if you don't control right. it pretty well, but, yeah. like... Yeah, why do you have an expressway? Why do you have an expressway? <laughs> you know, like, just fly higher. Like, it should be, yeah. like, each level, you could go faster, you know? And yeah, like there you go. If, if you, you know, when you want to get off, you just start to fly down lower to get to, to the off-ramp, you know, type of thing. But I don't know. It, it just it made me laugh, and it always, it always makes me laugh when you just see, like, space traffic. I'm like, ugh. But well, I, that's, like... Space battles. Space battles are always two ships coming straight at each other uh-huh. in the middle of space. It's like, I mean, Star Wars has done it a couple of times, but it wasn't until recently where they had like a ship come up under or right, yeah, uh, you know, come parallel. And it's like they're always just floating at each other, at each like other, a, yeah, like a sea battle or uh-huh. something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know, there's more than just one level. You can, yeah, you can go up or down also. Um, yeah, so they take the expressway. I think the next scene is the fight with Andor and Skeen. Skeen. Yeah, yeah. So now, now that's when um, Skeen Andor says something. Skeen starts to go nuts. Like he's not telling us anything. He doesn't. He hasn't told us who, why he's here, how he got here. This, that, blah, blah, blah. And even like when he first showed up, he was like. You came here with nothing, nothing at all, just one small pack. So you're running from something. So what are you running from? And he's like, nothing. And he's like, yes, you're running from something. So um, Skeen definitely has his doubts. And this is when they had the fight. And then he pulls out the uh, – he sees his kyber crystal and he takes it off yep. of him. And he's like, this is worth 30,000 credits. And why is he here and whatever? And that's when Andor's like, I'm a hired gun. This is plain and simple. They paid me to be here, but then yep. he did like explain it a little bit better. And I feel once he opened up and told everybody everything, the truth, except for that his name is still Clem. Um, 
it seems like maybe they're a little bit more on board with him at this point, and even Skeen maybe is a little bit more on board. Um, but uh, I don't know. What else did you get from the fight other than what I, I – because I feel like I'm missing a lot from that fight. Yeah, I I think the fight was – I think it was kind of like getting him into getting Andor in. Um, and I guess just prior to the fight, I, I skipped this part. Uh, the thing that I thought was maybe foreshadowing, they burned, um, they burned their model. Right. Um, and before they took off, which you have to do, right? Because yeah. if you leave that model out there and the empire finds it, they now know what's going on. Right. Um, but I, I thought it was kind of like symbolic. Like I, I think Eldani might burn, right? Mm, okay. Like, um, I think something may happen there. Um, but yeah, in the fight, it, I think it was really, it was how, because I, I think a lot of this story is, is how Andor actually buys into the rebellion. Right. And, and it's not just one thing. Luthen doesn't just say one word and he, and he's and in. suddenly Andor is yeah. part of it. Um, I think he's over time getting into the ideas of the rebellion and, and I think this was by by shedding that that guise of being the guy who is just bought in, who just showed up or whatever, saying like I'm a hired gun, I think frees him up to actually like be a part of the rebellion in a way. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I can totally um, see that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's really what the fight gave us. Uh, it also gave us, like I say, kind of and and I think Andor said it too. He's like, I don't want to go into this attack with any guilt. I don't want right. to be looking over my shoulder. Yeah. And so it, it does it does release some tension for yeah. Andor. Yeah, because he 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 said something along the line like like you said like looking over his shoulder because he he doesn't want to be worried that one of these seven are just gonna kill him um, because they don't trust him and they're afraid that he's going to do something bad. So yep. I feel this was that finally that breaking point where it was, you know, all right, I, I spilled all my guts. Here it is. Now you know everything. So now let's do this as a team. Let's go in. I'm with you. So let's go. Um, yep. And then from and then I think after that, is it straight into the like nighttime? Yeah, I think they went right into nighttime then. Um, and, and and that's where he gets the apology and we find out what Skeen's backstory is. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get Skeen's backstory, which is cool. Um, I, uh, we find about his, uh, was it his brother or his cousin yeah. brother? His yeah. brother who had the, the orchards of pepper trees. I yes. Think. Yeah. And, uh, they just killed him, um, because he was there type of a thing. And so that's when Skeen was like, I hate these, I hate the empire because they just do whatever they want to do and they just want to take over the land and they just want to do this and, and then they kill us and whatever. So, um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was interesting. So a couple of places where this show has set itself apart from a lot of other Disney stuff and a lot of other Star Wars stuff, you know, in the first episode, we got the first actual cuss word in a Star Wars right. uh, show, right? We got, we got the S word. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then um, now we actually got an honest like conversation about suicide. Cause yeah. the, cause Skeen's brother 
jumped off a boat with rocks in his pockets. Yeah. Um, yeah. He said, he... which I think is really interesting because it's really, really dark for mm-hmm. for Disney and dark for Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and it's cool that to see them like set themselves apart from like the rest of Star Wars, even even Rogue One, which is a little bit darker. Yeah. Uh, doesn't get that dark. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it was a it was I mean, it was it just shows you where Skeen is and why he's so angry because they forced his brother to basically do this because they took away everything that he had and he and he felt that he had no other choice to do anything but this. Um, So, and the fact that the empire doesn't care at all about what they're doing to these people, um, it really is, is making him angry. So um, yeah. So then we get that, we get the backstory and then do we go into, does that go back to Cyril's um, mom's house again? No, I think then we get Luthen. Okay. uh, Right after that. So uh, Luthen, Luthen's back. Um, He's, trying to listen to his ham radio or yeah. whatever he's got going on. Yeah, and then his assistant is there and she's like like questioning him. It was I forget this whole scene completely because it was a short <laughs> scene again and yeah. Maybe I missed it. Maybe it's going to be a vital part, but he definitely was trying to find out more. I think he was trying to find out make sure see if he could hear anything if Cashin was still alive or if they killed him or if this mission is going off or not. I think that's basically yeah. what he was trying to find out is if he heard anything over the, over the ham radio about this battle and this mission. Um, I and, agree, yeah. And then his assistant was, she seemed like a little annoyed. Um, and she said, I forget exactly what she said, darn it. I wish I remember what she said. Maybe, uh, do you remember? But she, Not exactly. I think she was like, and I'll also admit I was looking for Easter eggs around the shop, which I picked up a few, but, okay. um, but yeah, she was, she was like, she was trying to calm him down. I think she was like, you need to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Stop listening to the radio. Stop. I think she said her stop listening for her okay, or something like that. Um, which I don't know if her is Mon Mothma, if like this yeah. is Rebel Radio 101 or <laughs> it's something. Rebel Radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think it, it was just like I think it's showing Luthen as like this this guy who's just looking for anything with the rebellion he can. Yeah, do. trying to find anything that he can that he can dig up and and help out with or or at least tie on to or whatever. Yeah. Um, so and, yeah, and yeah, around the shop, I spotted. Uh, so he had a Sith and a Jedi holocron on one shelf. Okay, um, right over by his radio. He also had the Sankara stones from Indiana Jones. Nice. <laughs> um, and then in the background, in carbonite, um, we saw it out of focus in the last episode and in this episode it was in focus i meant to go back and really look at it but it certainly looked like a whip in carbonite okay which i was like is that supposed to be like a indiana jones easter egg like That's indiana really jones funny. whip in in carbonite in carbonite like, yeah uh <laughs> well you, they had the the crystals you said from indiana jones so it would be really funny if the whip was there as well Um, we'll have to keep watching and see if, if we can see it again and, uh, definitely look for it next time. But yeah, that would be really, really funny if it was, uh, some more Indiana Jones stuff in there. Um, and then 
Was that when we then go to? That's when we go back to back to Cyril. <laughs> Cyril, yeah. And he's just like, I forget everything that happens, but he's just like totally beaten down now by by his his mom by Edie. I feel like, yeah. Um, and I uh, think like Uncle Harlow didn't have anything for him yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and uh, it, it was he was his cereal was like almost soggy at that point, and he's just like he's still eating his cereal, and he's still just like. Ugh. Like I gotta get out of here, type of thing. Like <laughs> he's like, I've I've been getting beaten down, and this is where the episode should have ended, or at least, even if we did the other stuff, we did the other stuff, and then we go to this last. Like I think it would have been really funny just to end it with with just a a broken cereal at this point. Like he is just so annoyed at his mom and just so frustrated and and whatever, and it's just like. I can only eat the cereal for so long and listen to you yell at me like and berate me and uh and Uncle Harlow is no good or or Uncle uh yeah Uncle Harlow won't do anything for me so I'm stuck here or whatever. <laughs> so it would be fun And if- then we see him in his room and he he has collectibles of clone troopers or something yeah. going on. Yeah, he's got all these like toys and stuff. <laughs> so And then he turns on his his little data pad and we see Cashin's face. Yeah, and he's just angry. So he's like this guy did this to me. Um so yeah, so he's he's uh he's not happy. Um and then after that we go back to the seven, the magnificent seven. Um, and they're now closer to the base and they're like looking over at the base and, uh, Cashin says, Oh, it, it does look exactly like the model and just like we planned. And then <laughs> that's when, um, what's his name? Uh, Nemec. Nemec. Yep. Nemec goes, yeah, well, we've been coming up here for months now, spying on it for months now, so it better look just like it. Like, he was like, he's like, yeah, uh, I spent a <laughs> I lot of... I built the model. I built the model. I've been studying it. I know. Like, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, was there anything else that I missed from that episode? I don't really remember much, uh, after, because I was just so disappointed that Cyril's scene wasn't the end of it i'm like there's more yeah uh (laughs) yeah i don't i don't remember a whole lot else from the closing i think it it just it it set us up for sure like you like you said for like next time to be the the attack or or sometime soon i don't think we're gonna see the seven again before the attack right um so if we see the seven next week it's gonna be the attack yeah and there was there was a scene when when uh Cashin was like, what are they doing? Pointing to the girls. And they were like, they're doing something different. And he goes, he was like, they should be the ones to sneak in because, and they're like, why? And he's like, all, all he had to say, basically he was like, dude, they're girls. Like <laughs> all these yeah. guys, if they just walk up and are like, hey, you know, like these guys are going to be like, come on in ladies. You know, like their, their sailors been left off, like let off the ship for, for the night. So it's like, uh, like let the girls, you know, like they would be the easiest <laughs> ones to to sneak inside. Now, you know, they'd have drawn a lot of attention to themselves, but at least they could get inside better. And then who knows? Once they get inside, they already said that Cinta, uh, uh, like, don't mess with her. Like she's a she's a boss, you know. So yeah. I'm sure you these guys aren't 
the cream of the crop of the imperial uh, officers and or uh, imperial um, soldiers. You know, because yeah, they're sending I, I them on this. These are the folks who don't want to be there. Yeah. They, they weren't even supposed to be here today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here today. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so they're definitely the uh, the Kevin Smiths of the Empire um, exactly. and aren't supposed to be here. So we'll see what happens. I think that's that's the rundown of, of the whole episode. I am happy to see that you found some of those yeah. Easter eggs. That was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I don't know. Got anything else for us? This was a lot of fun, Ryan. I'm... I'm thankful that you were able to come and, and fill in for nick tonight yeah for sure if nick ever decides to have a baby again uh let me know i will do that <laughs> uh, uh but yeah yeah no it was, it was a blast and um you know definitely uh excited to see where andor goes i think i think it's definitely a departure it's a departure especially since disney picked up star wars yeah um from any tone that anyone expected. Yeah, uh, most definitely. So it's really exciting. And, and um, I'm really happy that it's more of just like a war movie than it is like a space cowboy movie. Um, yeah. So it is really cool. It, it was funny. My son, who's uh, who's 18, he was home last weekend from college. And uh, he's like, oh, he's, I didn't watch it yet. Let's watch it. So we started watching the first episode and... He's of the TikTok generation, so you need, <laughs> you know, if you're not entertaining every 30 seconds, I've lost interest. And he's, I'm sitting here going, oh, and this is this, and this is that, and I'm so excited about this. And he's like, yeah, I'm going upstairs. Like, he didn't even finish watching the first episode. He's like, I want to see lightsabers. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want to see lots and lots of lightsabers. I was yeah. like, all right, well, you'll like the old Republic or the new Republic or, you know, the 2,000 years ago when there was thousands of Jedi around. You'll like that one. Right, um, right. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we do see any lightsabers. I know you and Nick were speculating, you know, maybe maybe Ahsoka shows up. I, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if she does. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think that would make sense for her to to. It, and it would be like a, a good tie-in, even though we already saw her in um, Boba Fett or the Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian. So we know why and we know... Uh, you know, her and Thrawn's uh, is going to be the the major story arc of her season. But this also takes place at the same time as Rebels when we saw her last. So it would be awesome to see her even just for one episode or something like that, just to remind us how awesome Ahsoka is. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think her show is going to be her search for Thrawn and search for Ezra. Yeah. Uh, where she, like, because at the end of Rebels, she and Sabine take off looking for Thrawn and Ezra. Yeah. Yeah. So that would that'd be uh, pretty cool when uh, Ezra left with the uh, space uh, light speed whales. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they we'll see how cool. they do that in live action. But, yeah. But yeah, for Andor, it's really exciting. I'm I'm super super excited for the season of Star Wars we're in right now because we have one more uh, one more week where we only get Andor, and then and then we get Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi, Andor. yeah. And it's interesting because originally uh, Bad Batch was supposed to come out two weeks ago, but they pushed that back. And I was under the assumption they pushed that back because they didn't want to have two Star Wars shows coming out at once. But now they're having the Tales of the Jedi coming out at the same time. So I'm like, okay. Um, so maybe Bad Batch wasn't ready. 
um, and Tales of the Jedi was, or maybe I don't know. So yeah. it's interesting. Us that, nerds, we're just too spoiled right now. Yes, we get. Yes, we are. I mean, I we get Star Wars stuff. We get Miss Marvel. We get Lord of the Rings. It's yeah, all, it's, it's all happening. All happening. Um, it is. It is pretty cool, and I'm happy that Disney is doing so much. Um, TV shows, uh, you know, big budget TV shows with the Marvel stuff and the Star Wars stuff and everything. So, um, I mean, I remember, um, I'm, I think I'm a little older than you are, but uh, in the 90s and, you know, all the way up until episode one came out where we had nothing Star Wars at all. Yeah. You know, like the only thing you had were the books or comics and I didn't like reading either. So... <laughs> We were like, oh, man, all we had was episodes, you know, four, five, and six, and we just thought that they were the most amazing things ever. Uh, and now we hey, get hey, all don't, this. Don't sleep on those Ewok movies, though. The Ewok <laughs> movies. So I was, I, I was a kid when they came out, and I remember liking them, but that's because I was a kid, and they were Ewoks, and Ewoks were cute and fuzzy and everything like that. <laughs> but then when you go back and rewatch them, there wasn't a lot of depth there. It was really, yeah. really bad. It was kind of like the... Uh, made for uh, DVD or, or VHS release of, of their cartoons and how everything of that is like so scaled down. Uh, yeah. Check out Scraping the Vault. Scraping um, the Vault. Straight to... Straight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, the Ewok movies and the cartoons that were the Saturday morning cartoons that were yep, even, droids and Ewoks. Yeah. They were even more poorly drawn than all the regular Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, it was just funny watching uh C3PO be able to just bend in, in <laughs> yeah. complete arcs. I'm like, what yeah. is going on here? Somewhere around here. I have some cells, some original cells from the Ewok. No way. Uh, cartoon show. I bought, I bought a few of those. I, I don't know where they are after the move, but around here somewhere i'll have to get them out yeah that's awesome i I mean i like like i grew up with two cats i grew up with paplu and logre nice because my dad thought wicket was too uh too too, basic too too basic too too common yeah (laughs) that was too obvious we'll have to go to deeper into the other ewok names but yeah i had i found a picture of me when i was in elementary school uh and this is late 70s into the early 80s and the halloween costumes back then were the most dangerous most flammable things ever it was just this plastic sheathing that you just put on over your clothes and then this hard plastic mask that you put on in front of you and uh, i had a c-3po halloween costume because that was i I wanted star wars and i guess that was the only one around or something i don't know why it was c-3po but i was like yeah so, uh, yeah, I, I had that. So, uh, yeah, you know, reliving your youth, and now we get all this awesome stuff. So uh, yep. I'm very excited that, that we do live in this era where we have so much awesome Star Wars stuff going on and Marvel stuff as well. Marvel's fun as well. So, yeah. all right. Well, um, Nick normally takes us out. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll do it unless you want to use Nick's line, and then I'll say it after that. But uh, it, the, the line is, we have spoken. 